Welcome in, welcome in to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Thursday edition. My name is Patrick Allen. I am back from vacation. Spent a few days down in Cancun. It was great. I drank a lot of tequila. Uh, But we got to get to business here because we have a massive show for you guys today. Super, super excited. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Let's get as many of the members of the Chiefs Kingdom in here as we can. Later in the show, we've got Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated is going to be joining us. Going to be talking about the schedule release a few other things. Uh, but first, I'm really excited to welcome in Wanye Morris, Chiefs rookie, I think live from the locker room. Live straight from the locker room. We just got fresh out of meetings. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you squeezing us in. I, this is definitely the first time we've we've ever had a player on the show in the locker room. That's super, uh, super awesome. What do you think of the place? How is it? Man, I love it here, man. It's a, it's a great environment, great environment of people. Uh, they just, it's such a welcome environment. Everybody just loves it here. And, you know, everybody just puts in the work. You know, it's a thing about, it's a, something about this place that just makes you want to be great. That's uh, well, look, I mean, there's a lot of history of greatness in that locker room that you're, you're going to yeah. get to learn from. So uh, what's it been like? Have the coaches been working you all out hard? Uh, definitely. You know, uh, expectations are high. Uh, I could definitely say that they expect us to come in here and treat us like a job because, you know, nobody's going to baby us. You know, uh, yeah. this is this is the real life world. And this is our way of being introduced to it. You know, you got to go in here. You got to be able to compete with grown men who have families to feed. So sure. that's the mindset I just been coming here with just. Just go out here and just give it my all. You know, you never know when your last day is going to be your last day. That's right. And we we want to get you introduced to the Chiefs kingdom here, folks who maybe, maybe they didn't watch you in college. So I'll, I'll start out with the uh, obligatory question that you're probably tired of answering by now, but it's going away soon. Uh, I got to ask about about your name, obviously <laughs> named after Wanya Morris from Boys to Men. Um, yeah. How did that come about? How did you end up with that name, and, and, and how do you feel about it? Oh, man. I ended up with this name. My aunt named me. So I was oh, – what is the story? So we, I was sitting down and asked how was our name. My aunt told me she thought it would be cool if I had the singer's last name and his first name because, you know, my, my father's name is Morris. Yeah. So it just stuck together, and after that, we just stuck with it. It stuck with it. Uh, well, the, I got to ask the the follow up. I think to that question is, what's your favorite boys to men song? Uh, I'll make love to you. That, that's one of my favorites. You know, I can't hit all the notes in there, but that's my favorite. Yeah, well, most people can't hit the notes. Uh, the <laughs> boys to men. Can. Uh, I'm a Motown Philly guy. Love Motown Philly. I do like Motown Philly too. That's probably yeah. top two. Yeah, it's two. great. It's great. So, I mean, when you were when you were growing up, uh, aside from probably having to fend off comments about your your famous namesake did you did you play any other sports other than football that you were good at uh i played basketball a little and i did track and field a little bit but i really started taking football serious like i did that all the way up to maybe my junior year, sophomore junior year of high school after that i just had to take football more serious it was either my mom said pick one so i picked <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think did you ever think that you were were good enough at at basketball to go pro in basketball Oh nah, <laughs> oh nah. Don't don't get it twisted though. I can get. I, I I still got something in me, you know. I still got a jumper. I still got some handles. I got a little bit of something. Yeah, but I I, I imagine you got it. some work done down there uh, under the rim. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Great paint player, but that's the thing about me. I'm special. I could play all around. You know, I could run point if you need me to run point. Nice. I could be the two man. It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> um. So when when it comes to football, I mean when. When did you know that 
you were kind of good enough at football that like becoming a professional might actually be uh, an opportunity for you? Uh, you know, growing up is always a dream. Uh, it was always a dream, but being able to put them dreams into reality really kicked in probably my sophomore, junior year of high school. You know, people always told me I was destined for greater things, but to actually sit there and go through it and actually live it, it's a whole different realization. And after that, you just kind of take grasp and just go with it, you know, yeah. and don't let it go. So that's what I did. Did you, did you always play tackle or did you play other positions? No, I always play tackle. I always play tackle. Yeah, uh, I actually played D-line a little bit, but mainly always tackle for real. Gotcha. Have you ever had the chance to score a touchdown? I have. I yeah. actually scored a touchdown in high school in my senior year. Okay. Go look it. Up. Go look it up. We played Shiloh, and they gave it to me on the goal line. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. Andy. Andy likes to. Uh, he draws some things up for guys. Something we've seen defensive linemen score nose tackles. So uh, you need to make sure you tell Coach Reed. They, oh, for sure. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a real detailed talk about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes those. He likes those. Uh, those fun plays down there by the goal line. So you gotta make sure yeah. you you get yours. So who's your uh, who's your favorite player growing up? Was there anybody that you molded your game after? Uh, I like Joe Thomas a lot. Jake Matthews, Juwan. It's kind of crazy because you know, growing up with watching guys, I'm actually playing with some of them now, like Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith. You know, people like that. Yeah. And being able to learn from these guys firsthand is actually freaking insane. Because yeah. like you would never thought in a million years you got the opportunity, but like you look, you look up and you see all the opportunities right in front of you. So I'm yeah. just learning everything I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of moving to the 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 draft. When did you like? Did you have any idea that the Chiefs were going to take you? I had no idea, really. I was just being very optimistic about the whole thing yeah. and just like keeping my head open because you know you could end up anywhere. It's draft day; things, crazy things happen. So I actually came on a thirty visit though, so I, I did kind of have an idea that they did like me. They they thought well of me enough to bring me out here. So what what kind of went through your mind when? You know, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of great NFL franchises. There's great players and coaches all over the league. But to be sitting there in that round, you know, sort of earlier in the draft, and and be like, oh man, like I'm going to the defending Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to play with Patrick Mahomes, play for a coach like Andy Reid. Like, what was going through your mind when they called your name? Uh oh my God, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's, it happened. It's just like for me to be able to be in this position, I'm just so blessed. Uh, that was the first out of my mind, you know, just thank you, God, because like I'm so blessed. Yeah. Not everybody gets the chance or the opportunity to say that they've been drafted by the defending Super Bowl champs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not everybody gets the opportunity to say they got drafted. So uh, I'm just blessed and highly favored, really. Yeah, did that was you, my did, first thought. Did you get a call from uh, from from the guy you're going to be protecting back there, number 15? I did. I did. Uh, him and Trey were actually together. They were having a watch party. So I definitely got a call from Trey immediately after. And, you know, we chopped it up right after that. Yeah. 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 You played You played with Trey at, at Tennessee before you transferred to, to Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you guys have been talking. What, what advice has, has he given you about, you know, playing for the Chiefs in Kansas City? Oh, uh, man, just make sure you do all the little details, you know, because uh, everybody's going to pretty much do the same thing, but it's just the little t- details that separate you, uh, the extra work, getting in the playbook, make sure you're doing everything right in the weight room, just staying ahead of the game and take care of your body. So I'm just taking heed of those. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and he's had a great start to his career. He kind of stepped in right away. So Yeah. Yeah. So anybody listen to with him, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, no, there's another guy who uh you know, a former Sooner who who you didn't play with uh left the year before you got there, but Creed Humphrey, who's yeah. been in absolutely incredible, just got named, I think, just recently one of the top players in the NFL mm-hmm. period. Um, have you had a chance to to chat with him at all? He's uh he's a nasty blocker. Yeah, me and Creed definitely chop it up a lot. Um, we was actually just talking together at the spring at OU spring game before uh, you know the draft and stuff happened, and it was crazy. We were just chopping it up, and it was like it'd be wild if I end up with y'all, and it just it's just how it happened, and we just laugh about it because it was like, man, we didn't even know we was just playing around. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know sometimes uh, you can manifest things. I think Did, so. If the Chiefs, I mean, have you they, have they talked to you about like right side, left side, uh, swing, like? Do you know what the plan for you is? Uh, right now, they just want me to get in and just learn the playbook as much as I can right now. And I guess they just put me in wherever they need me. Uh, I, I I think I'll be repping right and left, but uh, I'm just really just here to rep whatever they need me to rep. Nice, nice. Now, I, I read in a another interview that you did, um, you said you, you, know, you said you like a challenge, uh, you know, which, which I thought was interesting. Are there any pass rushers in the NFL out there that you're looking forward to trying to block? Uh, definitely my old foe, Trayvon Walker. You know, we played Jacksonville. Uh, so I definitely have fun going against my boy, Trayvon. Uh, basically almost every day, because, you know, you, if you play in the NFL, you're not here for no reason. Yeah. So uh, I just can't wait to get go against the competition, you know, just go out here and have fun playing a game that I love doing, you know, getting yeah. paid for it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always good to get paid. Um, so obviously you're coming to the NFL, you're a rookie. There's going to be all kinds of challenges that you have to adapt to just like, you know, going from high school to college. Are there any, like, what are the parts of your game that you're looking to improve as you move to the next level? Uh, just definitely be more consistent uh, in any part of the game, you know, uh, just continue to learn because you can never know too much. Just get behind these old guys and just learn everything I can from them, you know, because they've been doing it. They've been experienced so that they know the ins and outs. Uh, I'm not expecting any handouts, but I'm going to go get it. But just taking heed to their warnings and to the to the advice they give and just latching on to that. Yeah. All right. Um, before we you get out of here, I got to ask you about the Kansas City barbecue. You're there. You're in town. I'm sure you'd heard about it. Have you had a chance to have any yet? And if so, where and what? I did. I forgot the name of the two places. I think it was something like Jack's or something barbecue. Jack Stack? Jack Stack. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. I had some of that, and I forgot where I went when I came with my thirty visit. But that was, it was, it was a number in the uh, name of it. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's I think it's downtown. Q thirty nine. Q thirty nine. Yeah, it was good. It's yeah, good I had I had some burnt ends for yeah. the first time. Yeah, and those are really good. Those are really good. So <laughs> yeah, man, there's nothing like uh, there's nothing like good burn ends. All right, last question. I know you just you just had a bunch of meetings and you're in the facility, so I'll let you get going. But I read in another interview that while you were growing up, you, you know, you you talked about having to overcome a lot of adversity, uh, and still you've managed to rise above and become a successful student and football player. So, I mean, what advice, you know, we got a pretty good, pretty big platform here. A lot of people are going to see this interview. What advice would you give to any kids that might see this interview that, you know, they're out there, they're facing adversity themselves. And, you know, what advice would you give them to, to look at someone like you that managed to overcome it and succeed? Man, a flower plants period need rain to grow. And when that sunshine come out, just don't let it overwhelm you. 
just take that shine and just run with it, you know, grasp onto that feeling that you always had and just stick close to your support system. I had an amazing support system behind me. My mother, my aunt, my uncle, my siblings. Uh, People just wanted to see me win. And when you find people who truly want to see you win, you stick behind those people. Stick with the people because those are going to be the people that's there for you regardless of your situation. That's awesome. That's great advice. Wanye, Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Really exciting to introduce you to all of our uh, listeners and readers out there. And, uh, you know, we're all Chiefs fans here on this platform. So we'll be rooting for you. Uh, Hope to see you out there soon and uh, stay healthy and have a great season, man. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Wanye Morris, everybody. Wow. What a a really cool interview. Um, I did not know that he was going to be in the locker room. That's a that's a that's a first for us. You know, we've had Chiefs players on the on the show before. We've had Chris Jones who who hit us up when he was in in COVID quarantine. It, it surprised us on a show, but boy, that was um, that was pretty awesome. What a great young man um, and and inspiring. I, I encourage you if you you know if you haven't if you if you're not very familiar with Wanya in his story, obviously played at Tennessee and, and over in the Big Twelve there at Oklahoma, go, go read up on these guys, these rookies. Now that they're drafted, you know that they're in town. Hey, we got a couple of months here until things really start to ramp up and we get to training camp. You're sitting on the beach, maybe Cancun, like I just was, and relaxing. And, and go look these guys up and just kind of read about their stories. I, I think it, you know, we know the guys that are on the team now, right? You know, we know the Travis Kelseys, we know the Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's I think, enriching to the experience of being a fan to kind of learn a little bit about the backgrounds of these guys. I thought Wanye was just really engaging. What a, what a fun interview. And, and again, from the locker room, I, I'm, I'm curious for all you in the chat, make sure you hit up the, uh, the like button and let, let me know what you thought of his barbecue choices, Q39 and Jack Stack. So he went to the like the nicer place, like the, the sit down places, which makes sense. He's coming in for his, his visit um, and he gets there in town. Uh, but, you know, I should have told him this, but I, I'd like to see him get out there to, to Joe's. That's just my all time. I love standing in line at that stupid gas station. Uh, hey, Richard, uh, do we have our next guest? Is he in the room? There he is. It's Matt Verderam. Verderam, did you catch any of that? Uh, no, I did not, but I'm sure it was brilliant work by you. <laughs> as always, as always, um, Mr. Mr. Rye Witt. But uh, yeah, Wanye actually uh, he joined us from the locker room, which is an Arrowhead Attic podcast first. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's uh, well done. Well done. I'm, I'm curious to see how he uh, pans out here in training camp. I'm looking forward to pretty sure being out there for it um, yeah. and uh, watching him, you know, fight for a spot. Obviously, I uh, don't expect him to start as a rookie, but if he can be like the swing tackle as a rookie, that's it's a pretty good job. Yeah, I did ask him. Um, and, and by the way, this is our our old pal, Matt Verderam from, from Sports Illustrated, who I know most of you know, probably all of you. I asked him, you know, hey, man, like, do you know what the plan is for you? Has anybody indicated to you, you know, right tackle, left tackle? And, you know, of course, they just want him to get in there, start learning everything and and all that. But he did kind of he did kind of say, like, maybe right, left, you know. So I think obviously maybe for this year in particular, he, he stands out as potentially maybe being your swing guy if he picks up things fast. Yeah, I think, look, look, Donovan Smith is their left tackle. In their plans, he is their left tackle. And Juwan Taylor is obviously their $80 million right tackle. So you would you would think Morris is going to come in and be a swing. And if I'm Morris, by the way, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, yeah, learn both sides of it. Learn yeah. both sides so that next year, if Donovan Smith isn't good or just is maybe he's so good that they can't afford to keep him, you're ready to go. You're ready to step in. That's a yeah. that's a good place to be if you're if you're a young kid trying to break in. 
Yeah. And I think for a guy that went in the third round, some people had a third to fifth round grade on him needs a, needs a little bit of seasoning, but you can see that the talent is there. And in all the scouting reports I read and a little bit of tape that I looked at, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, what do you, what do you want to work on as you, as you come into the league? And he said, you know, just being a little bit more consistent. And I think obviously that's, that's the key, right? That's where you go from being a backup to a reliable starter. And now he's got the chiefs have given this up him, this opportunity to come in and maybe not get forced into the fire right away to learn from some veteran guys, some of which he knows on the team and a really great coaching staff, which is almost always mentioned when you read about Wanye's pick is, Hey, he's going and dealing with a great offensive coaching staff. Yeah. Well, look, Oklahoma has churned out offensive linemen for a long time. Uh, and he, you know, recently, obviously, Creed Humphrey's one of them. So this is a this is a, a school that that has produced and it has been able to coach up kids uh in this spot you know, on the field. And I get it. I think if you're the Chiefs, look, this is ideal in the sense by signing Donovan Smith, regardless of how you feel about him, his presence means that you don't have to either rush Morris out on the field or live with Lucas Niang if they don't love Lucas Niang. Like, it gives them another option. It gives them another option. Excuse me. There, there are powerful – there's power in having options, I guess would be the best way to put it, because then you can sit there and go, okay, look, this guy maybe didn't work out. This guy's a little banged up, but we have this guy. The more options you have, the better. Morris will give them an option this year. And look, maybe, maybe he goes to the camp and he's unbelievable, and he's got to play him. But the reality is he's probably going to be a backup this season, and that's okay. I, you know, most third round picks are going to be backups this season. Yeah. How much benefit do you think there is in rookies? And things have changed a little bit. You know, when I was growing up, rookies never played like right. ever, ever at any position. First round didn't matter. They just, it just wasn't how the NFL worked back then. Now it's a little bit different. Uh, guys can get in first round pick, second, third. I mean, if they, they show up at camp and they win the job, most coaches are going to, are going to put them in there and try to get as much run out of that contract as they can. Obviously, we got to see Patrick Mahomes sit for a year and learn. We don't know. He he might have been God in cleats the minute he stepped on the field as a rookie. But, right. you know, how much do you think it helps these guys when they have the opportunity to just go through a full NFL season and, and practice and maybe, you know, get a few reps here and there? You know, I think, I think it, it's invaluable. You need to learn. But I think a lot of it, like, and it really, I don't want to say it's regardless of position, but pretty close. You need to learn technique in the NFL. Like if you, let's just, you say you're Wanya Morris, okay, you are so much better than everybody else in high school. Your technique could suck, and it's not going to matter because you're yeah. just going to kill the guy in front of you because you're bigger and stronger and faster and so on and so forth. When you go to college, that changes to a, to a large degree, right? Like now you've you've joined the best high school kids in the country. You go to the pros. The one difference is when you're in high school and you're playing, everybody's in the same relative age group. Same is true of college. That is not true at the pro level. When you're 21 and some dude's 32 years old and he's got a decade in the weight room on you, okay? Yeah. That's a huge difference. Think about how different you know your body is at 32 or 33 compared to what it was at 22 in terms of just strength and ability to, you know, to, to move something, right? You have to have good technique in the NFL. You have to play angles. You have to use your hands correctly as an offensive lineman. You have to understand how to fight off certain techniques by an edge rusher. If you can't do that, you're cooked in the NFL. I don't care how talented you are. You have no chance. So I think, you know, it's always helpful for any player to be able to sit down and watch for a little while, especially without pressure. 
You know, I think to your point, look, I grew up in the 90s, and I'm sitting here looking. I, I wrote a piece actually for SI about the five most likely offensive rookies of the year. Okay. And I'm not going to sit here and try to try to get everybody to go and read it, although please go and read it. Don't don't make them fire me. But if you go and look at the 90s, okay, here are the positions of the offensive rookie of the year. Running back, running back, receiver, running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, receiver, running back, running back, running back, running back. Like, good luck finding anybody else, right? You know, I mean, Carl Pickens in 1992 was the rookie of the year. Carl Pickens had 26 catches for 326 yards and a touchdown. Man was offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. That's yeah. Sky Moore. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's a different world now than it was, you know, 30 years ago. I mean, Curtis Martin's a Hall of Fame running back, okay? And and he had an incredible rookie year, 1,487 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. But the point is, unless you were a running back, you still, it's your, you know, to your commentary, you didn't play. You didn't on the field. Like, it, if you were a quarterback and you were a rookie, you either didn't play or you just got creamed for 16 games. I don't care how – I mean, Manning threw 26 picks as a rookie. That's right. Yep. That's what happened. So, you know, I think, yes, most guys now are expected to play their first, second-round picks way more than they were, you know, 25, 30 years ago. What do you think the reasoning for that is? Do you think it's economic? Yes. They, they, they started looking at these contracts and like, what are we paying this guy millions of dollars to not play for? I think it's, I think it's two things. I think it's economics because I do believe that, yes, uh, especially, by the way, before the rookie wage scale came in, when you had that time in the 2000s where it was like, you know, I remember when Eric Berry you know, ended up burning it, but when he signed the Chiefs, he was the highest paid safety in like NFL history. He never played it yeah. down. Yeah. And, and that wasn't an abnormal thing. I mean, that was what happened. If you got picked early... That was why back then teams didn't want to have high picks because they knew they were going to have to sink $55 million into Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford, like, you know, was like, he the last one? Yeah, it was a 2010 class. Barry's class, I believe, was the last yeah. class that, that got that. But I mean, you know, you, by the way, that'd be a great piece like, to look back. How many kids were like, yeah, I'm coming out this year? Like, no, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. But I think it's like an odd. The other thing, though, I think has changed drastically. The pressure on these teams is so much greater now than it was when we were kids. When we were kids. What access did you have? I mean, I'm again, I'm not trying to be a shell for my company, but like you had Sports Illustrated, right? Yeah. It made us sporting news. And you had ESPN. And that was it. There was no social media. And just the TV. I mean, like the, the right. website wasn't like no, a thing. No social media, no websites, no, you know, you, you didn't have NFL network. You didn't have Fox Sports, you know, 24 hours. You didn't have any of that. Yeah. So, like, look, I remember as a kid, the draft was like Saturday morning. <laughs> you know how many times I was flipping around on TV and I'd be like, oh, the draft's on today. I no idea. Yeah. That happened to me in high school where I'd be, oh, wow, the draft's on. Okay, cool. I didn't find out the schedule until August when I went and got a preview magazine. Yep. That was it. And a lot of times, like, that's how you found out some guy got cut. You're like, I remember like my dad always loves Christian Coy. And I asked him once as a kid, I'm like, what happened to him? He's like, I don't know. He wasn't on the team one day. Like, who's it? You know, that would never happen today. And I think yeah. that's part of it. There's a lot of pressure. Just why aren't we playing this kid? Why aren't we playing this kid? I, I think all that stuff factors in. Yeah. The draft being such a big deal, the fans want to be a part of it. I, you got to really credit the NFL. I mean, say what you want about some yeah. of their decisions. I just, I mean, we're sitting here, man. What? What? What's the date? It's May, May 18th. 18th. 
And I, I just, you know what I mean? Like I just got back from Cancun because it was finally okay to take a vacation. And even then I missed the schedule release, you know, sure. they've got, they've got us captivated, you know, and the rookies, he, he was in the locker room. I mean, I'm going to only have to go through like six weeks of like not really anything happening. And then training camp's going to start. And then it's going to be the, the preseason. I mean, it's, it's absolutely wild what the NFL has managed to do uh, to, to turn the draft into a three-day event. You and I were there in Kansas City uh, at the draft. It was incredible. Landing in the airport, I've, I've said on the, uh, on the podcast a couple of times now, it was like when you go to the Super Bowl and if they've got like the signage everywhere. And, you know, I've never traveled to the draft since they moved it out of New York City. And so I was like, man, the NFL just knows how to, it just felt special. It felt special being in Kansas City and they make sure you know that there's a massive NFL event happening. I think there were tens of thousands of people there. Uh, it was incredible. The, the, the biggest testament to the NFL I can think of in terms of its popularity. Let's say, let's say that the Cardinals and the Texans are like the two most unappealing teams in the league. Okay. If you put that game on national television, standalone, I don't know, 15, 20 million people sit down and watch the game. Yeah. Now go to the NBA, which is probably the second most popular sport in the country right now. If you took the Rockets and the Hornets and put that game on national television, do a thousand people watch? <laughs> like nobody yeah. even cares, right? You could put that on eight. You could give it like the State of the Union address treatment right. where it's just, you just break into coverage and it's like the, it's Rockets Hornets. And <laughs> people would be like, oh my God, I just turn off the television. I'd be like offended, <laughs> yeah. you know? But if you're a football fan, that game comes on, it's the Cardinals, and you're like, oh, I'll watch CJ Stroud. Yeah. Like you right. just, Right. You know, you're or, or people gamble on it, yeah. or people. You know, there's always now. Look, football has one built-in advantage that is unquestionable: the schedule is 17 games. Every game matters. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, eh. But even in the NBA, if you put on a game at the end of the year between two decent teams, and it was an important game, like you wouldn't even approach the ratings. The NFL does. The NFL is a business unlike any other in the United States, and it shows it's itself and how powerful it is when it does a schedule release and people it is your entire day yep right I mean, yep. what it is and uh we're gonna get to the schedule in just a second before we do uh i just have a quick announcement um if you uh are in kansas DraftKings, uh we've got an awesome limited time promo for a new DraftKings users deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account and bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is use the code Arrowhead at sign up to redeem. Using our code Arrowhead is a great way to support the podcast. So if you don't have a DraftKings account, do us a solid. Sign up, use the code Arrowhead, and place that first bet. It's for new customers only, 21 and older, and physically present in Kansas. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Valid one offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit and a $5 wager required. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. And support the show so we can bring guests like Matt Verderam on uh, as often as, we, as we're able to. All right. So before we talk the schedule release, fan, longtime fans of the show may know that we have often talked about our drives you know i'm from northeast ohio you're from new york and yes. we drive home a lot I do. and we take you know we take the highway there through old indiana and we pass just the most insane ludicrous tourist attraction on the face of the planet the uh rv motorhome hall of fame in elkhart indiana and uh, one of your last shows 
uh, on the podcast, we talked about it, and I said, I'm going to go. I'm just going to Cleveland, taking my old man to a Cavs game. And I went by myself. I showed you pictures of some of the guys. You did. From, <laughs> so the, some characters. Uh, I went to the Hall of Fame. There's a giant gift shop. Um, and uh, my God, when I pulled in, horrible day, windy, rainy, there's a giant like bus RV thing, you know, like tailgate machine outside. And it was Philadelphia Eagles skinned. And I was just like, what in the hell? Like, if, as if I didn't know that this was a mistake. The minute I pull up, I see that. It was terrible. But I wanted to show you. So I got two T-shirts, one for me and one for you. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mail this to you. I want you to pick yours out. So the first one here, it says, enjoy the ride. And it's got a camper on there, little camper. Enjoy the ride. Okay, so that's option one. You get to pick your own. And then the second one here, this one's really good. Uh, adventure awaits. And it's got, <laughs> as you can see, the state of Indiana and three different types of, of motorhomes on there. And it's in sort of a lighter blue. And even has the star in case you can't find your way to the RV Hall of Fame. So I got, which one? Which one do you like? I show them you one more time. Adventure. No, I, I think it's it's, it's got to be adventure awaits. I okay. think it's, yeah, because the first one, enjoy the ride. Not to be that guy, but I can't I can't like wear that to like a school function, right? Like I'm I'm be, like, like the police are called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with with the trailer. T- yeah, <laughs> yes. It looks like a van. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't wear that anywhere near a school zone. And, yeah. and I, I got to pick up the kids sometimes. So let's yeah. go with uh, let's go with adventure awaits. Right. Uh, I will be driving past it with my daughter, Maisie. We're going in, a, a, I think, a month exactly. We're going to go back to New York. Um, and I'm going to drive past that thing as fast as humanly possible without getting pulled over. You're not pulling uh, in? No pulling in? I got, I'm got. i going to be with Maisie. <laughs> so that, <laughs> can't, she can't would have. actually, I will say this about the Motorhome and RV Hall of Fame. They have a museum. Don't give them an ounce of credit for this. <laughs> you have, they have a museum, and they and they do have old, like, motorhomes that people have donated so like from the 20s and 30s and some of them are kind of cool i think and you can go into a lot of them so if you ever wanted to see it for yourself i actually think Maisie would have a great time as a little kid for a little kid i think it would be a lot of fun to to climb in all those little little motorhomes but i know you'll never do it i can't express how little of a chance there is that I'm going to step foot in the Motorhome RV Hall of Fame. Um, I I give you all the credit in the world. You're, you were like pretty excited, but you were you were texting me throughout this entire process. Yeah, yeah. there's a movie theater. The dude, the first there's a movie theater. The first time I drove by that, it it shook me emotionally for about 20 minutes. Like I was just. <laughs> I, I, it was one of those things where you know i mean obviously you know you've driven there like there's nothing around you yeah so after i passed it at first i, I literally remember thinking like was that real like did i like <laughs> did i see that really and i yeah. googled it and i was like sure enough yeah, yeah and i was like and then it just it led to so many questions in my head yeah like, who's attending this is there an admission fee you yeah. know like is this something that multiple people stop at on a yearly basis? Has anyone ever shed a tear there um, out, out of sheer ecstasy? <laughs> like, has has a crime ever been committed there? 
Yeah. How many crimes? Like it, it just the it was just an endless loop in my head. And I think by the time I snapped out of it, I was in Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is I mean, I hope this may get back to them, the folks, the fine folks at the at the RV Hall of Fame. I'll tell you what, some of the guys, I showed you some of the pictures. One guy had a pinky ring. So I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, mob. Uh it was a pretty nice place. It I was the only person in this this movie theater Vertoram was was nicer than some movie theaters I've been to. Well, it's never been that, touched. That's a, well, that was what was the most stunning was that the place was so well funded. I was like, this has got to be a front for something. Right. Like, you can't tell me. <laughs> it's a front for drugs. Yeah. Right. It's a way station. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, anyway, uh, let's get back to the Chiefs. So I wanted to talk to you about the schedule. Obviously, big, you know, finding out the order the games are played in. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the off season. I know some people look at it and say, Hey, this is who cares. We already know who they're playing, but I think it's fun to start envisioning the year and how it's going to go and when they're going to be on TV. And I will tell you, man, is somebody who pays for NFL Sunday ticket and, and hardly needs to use it because the chiefs are always in a, either a primetime game or a featured game. And it's always yeah. shown here in Chicago. I'm looking at this schedule. They play two one o'clock games or noon games here in Chicago. Yeah. The whole season. One of them is on Christmas on Day. Christmas. So that's basically a primetime game. Yep. And the other one's against Jacksonville. And I'm like, am I like I, I just may not buy Sunday ticket. You know what I mean? Like hey, I right it, now. It's pointless. It's it's unbelievable. Like I, I've made this point a few times on the radio spots. Like I can't remember a schedule ever where a team played one early window game on Sunday all year long, ever. Yeah. And they're not even out West. Like, it'd be one thing if they were a West Coast team, and you're like, all right, well, you know, you know their home games aren't going to be. You know, if you're like the 49ers or something, and then, okay, it's Seattle and Arizona and the Rams, like, those, of course, those aren't going to be early window games. So maybe a team out West that's happened just by, by happenstance of geography. The, the Chiefs are treated – in terms of the timing for the schedule, like, like an East Coast team. I mean, they you know, they would typically play, you know, 1 o'clock Eastern. The only reason that Jacksonville game's not late window is because Jacksonville wants to play when it's as hot as can be. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it, it's incredible the way their schedule is. And I got to tell you, I don't know how everybody in the chat feels or you feel. I don't think their schedule's that hard. I mean, now, of course, like, you don't know, right? I mean, some team could be much better than you think, whatever. But in terms of just, like, what you're looking at, May 18th, I look at the Chiefs' schedule, and I'm like, that, that's pretty damn favorable. I mean, yeah. there really are not a lot of spots in that schedule you're, you're, you're quaking in your boots over if you're Kansas City. Yeah, they play some very good teams. Uh, but also, you know, I would say the opening stretch of games isn't that daunting. And I guess the first question I had for you was, and, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this, what was your reaction to Super Bowl champions? They're playing the first Thursday night, first game of the season against Detroit. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like, let's just be clear before I let you answer. The Chiefs are playing, uh, you know, they play the Chargers. They play the Bengals this year. Again, they play the, the Bills. Uh, they play the, the Eagles in a Super Bowl rematch yep. at Miami. Yep. The Lions. All right. So, I have competing thoughts about this. I think the Lions are going to be good this year. I actually, I'm picking them to win the NFC North. Okay. I also think if I were the Lions, 
I would be filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL. <laughs> like everybody's hyped up to see us. And the NFL's answer to that is, hey, guys, listen, we're also excited to see you. So why don't you go to Arrowhead right. and play them during a championship banner unveiling on national television? Let's, let's, let's put Jared Goff in primetime against Mahomes and see how that plays. And now, now look, I understand because I've already seen people like, well, that was a 54-51 game. That was a little bit of a different team that Chiefs were at the time and who they were going against. This is a brutal spot for the Lions. Like, you couldn't have a harder game. And maybe they go in there and they do it. Look, I remember years yeah. ago when the Chiefs went into Foxborough, and that was that year. Everybody their mother thought New England was going to go undefeated. And they were unveiling a banner, and that was a Kareem Hunt game when the Chiefs just blew the doors off of them. But the one thing that the Chiefs had at that time, they had a lot of experience. The Lions, like, this is a a rough spot, man. Like, you got to go in there and play them. I thought it would be Philly. I thought they'd just run it back and have a Super Bowl rematch. Um, But uh, I'm – I'm pretty – I'm pretty excited about the game. Honestly, if you're the Chiefs, like – not a horrible stretch to open up with. I mean, you're home against the Lions. Well, again, I respect the Lions. They should win the yes. game. You're at Jacksonville. It's a harder game. It's also a game that I think offensively the Chiefs ought to have a pretty good pretty good day. Then you play Chicago at home, which on paper is probably the easiest game you have all year. And then you go play Sunday Night Football against the Jets. And I, get, I think you're better off catching the Jets early because the Jets have a ton of moving parts here. Catch them week 10, week 11. They're probably going to be pretty settled into who they are, all of it. Week four, they may not be. The other thing, by the way, the Lions are missing players for gambling, including uh, Jameson Williams. Yep. And the Jags are likely missing Cam Robinson for a suspension that has been rumored but not yet nailed down. I think for the Chiefs, you know, and then I think what week five is like they're going to Minnesota. I mean, that's a very winnable game. Minnesota, one of the worst defenses in the league last year. I think for the Chiefs, that shakes out pretty well. I think you're pretty happy with the way the schedule starts to uh, get things rolling. Yeah, and look, I'm excited for for the Lions and Lions fans. I think when people question this game, it's not so much about, uh, you know, crapping on the Lions. But, like, the fact of the matter is, is I think when people talk about it, they're talking about TV. They're talking yeah. about the NFL opener. And you're usually looking for two marquee quarterbacks. And the Lions don't have a marquee quarterback. Um, they finished hot, you know, at the end of last season. But – when you're looking at the schedule, like, you know, Allen and Mahomes, Burrow and Mahomes, you know, like I, that I think would have been the move was Cincinnati. Have Cincinnati come back to Arrowhead to open that season after that AFC championship game. You know, that would have been, I think, really compelling. Or as you mentioned, the Super Bowl rematch. Is that the way, like if you were the schedule maker based on the, the teams that they play, is that what you would have opened up with? Yes, because – I love the fact they're playing the Bills and the Bengals in December. Like, I love building up all year to those games. Because if you're the Chiefs, you're within a game of Cincinnati going into the New Year's Eve. That's fine. All, yeah. then, all you got to do is beat them. You know, yeah. and, then, and, and then all you've got to do, it's a hard thing to do. But I like when the biggest games of the year are later in the year. I have always felt that way. It builds drama, you know, and, and it allows – both teams to get into the flow of a season and get going. And, you know, I know there's always the argument of like, well, you know, you might be your healthiest at the beginning. Yeah, but you're not playing as well as you can. Like every team in the league that's really good, they're playing their best ball at the end of the year. Oh, I mean, how, 
how often has a team in the NFL just been white hot from jump and gone on and won a Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's rare. So I, I really – I like that they're playing the Bills late. I like that they're playing the Bengals late. I also think the NFL should be commended for giving the Chiefs the biggest Christmas gift of all time and putting the Raiders in Arrowhead on Christmas. Yeah. Like, Merry Christmas, 45 <laughs> to 10. Yeah, yeah. And they also get the bye week before they play Philadelphia. Yep. Um, and it's on Monday night. So I'm not sure what Philly's doing that. Philly week. also has a bye week. They, both they also do. have a bye week. Okay, so, I mean, you know those they're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at one another for that one. You know Andy wants to win that game. Philly wants revenge. That's going to be – that might be one of the biggest Monday night football games. You know, when we were growing up, Monday night, there was no Sunday night football. It was Monday night football. That was the thing. Yeah. Um, and it's lost a little bit of its luster. But I this is maybe the the Monday night football game I'm most excited about in years. I wanted to ask you, you know, looking at the at the schedule here, the Chiefs play a lot of great teams. Which which matchups are you the like looking forward to the most? Oh, I mean, for me, it's always gonna be uh, at least, you know, this current team. I mean, the Bengals game is the game I'm most excited about. That game for me is just I, – I was arguing this – I shouldn't say I was arguing. I wasn't arguing it. It was just my opinion. I I think that the Chiefs and Bengals have the, have the best rivalry in American sports right now. And I get, like, historically, obviously, that's not the case. I understand that. But right now, right this second, I think that's the best rivalry – going and then after that i would say it's the bills you know that's a huge game so you get the Bengals, you get the bills uh you uh, you know i think the chargers in the division it's weird because as a kid growing up it was always the it was always the raiders and the broncos right like especially the broncos in the 90s that was always the big one the chargers who cared you know nobody cared mm-hmm. but i'd say you know those games um I'm excited about the Christmas game. That's pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, Christmas at Arrowhead, that's neat. I, I would I would love to, you know, get a credential and go to that game, except for the fact that I'd be divorced by the time I got home. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, man, there's a lot of them. The Philly game, the Miami game. Like, there's a lot of games on their schedule that are, that are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of good storylines. I mean – you know, Sean Payton coming over to to Denver. Like, what's that going to be like? That's kind of a new wrinkle. Um, Chiefs Jaguars three. Like, does Trevor Lawrence make the jump? You know, that's a team on the rise. Uh, obviously, Raiders on Christmas Day, Super Bowl rematch, right. AFC Championship game rematch. The Bills trying to get off the Schneid. Like, I mean, it's it's a lot of really really good football. If you're a football fan. Uh, this is, I think this is an incredible schedule for the chiefs. As you look at this, the whole schedule for the chiefs, you mentioned at the top that you thought it was a a fairly easy and schedule for them. Are there any stretches where you're like, that's going to be their hardest stretch of the season? Um, there was nothing that I remember being like, that's just brutal. Like, I don't know how they're going to do this now. I think December is obviously a really important stretch. I mean, with those two teams involved, with the Bills and the Bengals specifically. Um, but, you know, they have to play at the Packers and at the Pats, which they'll be cold weather games with the Chiefs playing cold weather, so I don't I don't care. They should beat both those teams. There really wasn't. Like, there wasn't a stretch of games where I was just 
that's wow. It's really, you know, it's really going to be difficult. The Thursday night games are at home. They play the Lions to start on Thursday night, and then they play the Broncos. You know, they they, I guess, I guess if I had to pick, I would say December, just because you get a rivalry game in there, you get the Bills and the Bengals, and you get the Pats on the road, which is never easy. But like, you should beat the Pats in the first three games at home. Yeah, you know, and they they should pummel the Raiders. I mean, let let's be honest. So. Yeah, you know, I as far as I know, uh, somebody tweeted this out in, in the gambling world. I forget who, or I'd give them credit, but uh, the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL. They're favored in every game, they're favored in every weird. single game they play. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think for me, it's all about after the bye week. And I think this fell pretty nicely for the Chiefs because, you know, Andy Reid teams, like they're usually playing their best ball when they get to December. You know, they work some things out early in the season. Now, he's had teams with the Chiefs that go off to hot starts as well. And when I look at the schedule, I actually think the Chiefs could go on a run to begin this year. I mean, there's some good opponents in there, but versus Detroit, I think they should win. At Jacksonville, they've kind of owned Jacksonville. I think they should win. Easy win over the Bears. I think they're better than the Jets. I think they're better than the Vikings, although that's two games in a row. That's one I think they could slip up. Uh, potentially early in the season if they're still working some things out. And then they've got Denver home against the Chargers at Denver again. They'll be done with them before Halloween. Yep. And then versus Miami. I mean, I, I could see a situation here where they're eight and one going into the bye week. It could be. Absolutely you know? could be. Um it reminds me like last year they were doing so many new things and they had so many new pieces out there. And they had that weird slip up game against the Colts. And I wonder if this is if this season goes a little bit like this the season after they won the Super Bowl and they were running it back and they went like 14 and two, where they're just like really sure of themselves, everything's installed, if they're healthy. But when they do get to that second half stretch, I mean they, they better be on their game because they do have Philly, Buffalo going on the road to play New England. They should win that game. But then those last two games, Cincinnati and 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 then on the road with the Chargers, they they would do well to really come out of the gate hot and like get and just bank a bunch of wins. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny like I'm going through DraftKings, they have all the odds for every game right now. And like there is just there's not the, the closest thing to the Chiefs not being favored. They're favored by a point over the Jets. Um, other than that, I mean, everything's at least a field goal. You know, I mean, they're, they're, believe it or not, it's because it's preseason, but there's no double digit spreads for any of these teams. Like the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite over the Bears or five and a half point favorite on the road against the Packers. Um, you know, but they, they just, there's not. Like, there's no game, you know, three and a half on the road against New England. There's just no game where they're really even considered in danger. Like, eight and a half over the Raiders on Christmas. The Bengals game I'm getting to, I'm assuming it would be three. It's three and a half. She's favored by three and a half. And then if the Chargers are favored by two. The only games all year on DraftKings that they're favored by less than a field goal are week 18 at the Chargers and week four at the Jets. And they're favored in both of them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, before the buy, look, you know, I picked them to go 14 and three. So, you know, I mean, I don't know, go seven and two, you know, something like that. I also just think, too, I mean, unless they get hurt, I just do not see anybody in this division challenging them. I don't. The Chargers did nothing to get any better. In fact, they got worse. 
the Broncos got Peyton, they'll be better, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to win and anyone near good enough to win the division. And the Raiders, to me, are winning like five games. I don't know how anybody can, like if I had see one more person say like, well, you can't say the Raiders are worse, which I've had a handful of people say to me. Yeah, I can actually. How are they going to stop anybody? They have no defense, and Garoppolo has. Do you know in Jimmy Garoppolo's career, he started eleven or more games twice in a season? Good luck. Like he's never healthy. Yeah. And even when he's healthy, he's not that good. And now you're jamming him on a team that is not the 49ers, okay? This is not Kyle Shanahan's offense. And this is not George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Chris McKay. This is the Raiders who have traded away Darren Waller, have, have a, a horrific offensive line outside of Colton Waller. And maybe, rumor has it, might not even have Hunter Renfro because yeah. they might cut him. Like, in what world are the Raiders better? Say whatever you want about Derek Carr. He is a better quarterback than Garoppolo. I'm sorry. I'll argue that with anybody. I just don't see it. I just do not see how this division's that competitive. If the Chiefs are healthy, I think they were, they're going to win this division by four games. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't I don't think the Raiders. I don't. I'm just not sure what they're doing. I don't know what their strategy yeah. is. Uh, no, they don't. Um, all right. So then I, I wanted to ask you about the, the, the signing of, of Donovan Smith. I don't think you and I have talked since that went down. Um, you know, if you look over at pro football focus, which, you know, some people are high on, some people aren't so high on, never really been graded very well, uh, with the exception of uh, two seasons ago. And he had his best graded season there. Um, they thought he played pretty well, but has been kind of a penalty magnet. Well, last year was t- he was terrible, um, but he was dealing with an injury that he sustained early in the year, a very painful injury. Our, our old pal Josh Hill, who works here uh, with me at Fansided, said he. I remember talking to him when he got cut, and he said, "Thank God he's he was the bane of my existence last year." Not exactly encouraging if you're a Chiefs fan. How do you feel about the signing? Um, and and him being the new left tackle in Kansas City. I mean, I feel I feel like look, you know, this is going to be something that you're going to have to kind of go day by day with. Um, I know that he was hurt with his elbow, and far less reported, he had a thumb injury all year long as well. So he dealt with a lot of that throughout the year. Now that being said, he has always been a guy who will take penalties. I am someone who loathes penalties like none other. So yeah. I look forward to the first time they get a 40-yard taken, yard taken away because of a holding call that's away from the play. I'm losing my mind. That being said, I like the signing. I mean, they signed it for one year, like $3 million up to $8 million. I'm not going to kill them for that. Yeah. Like, if he's even a – if he's average, that's an amazing signing. And he's – like, who, who were we talking about last year? I'll have tackle all year long. He's average. He's average. Well, okay. I mean – the, the the disaster scenario would be he's just atrocious and unplayable, and then it becomes okay. Now you've got to switch Taylor to the left side in October, and you got Morris or Niang on the right side, and Morris isn't ready, and Niang's not healthy and or good. That's a problem. Yeah. That all said. Orlando Brown was atrocious for three quarters of last season. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, I I also believe, too, here's the other side of this. 
if Taylor's really good, which I believe he will be very good, if they have to, they will just help on the left side. Like that's what they'll do. Yeah. I mean, if they have to do that, now you don't you don't want them to do it. But I I think the Chiefs look I believe heartily they've just earned the benefit of the doubt with this stuff. Just have. I mean, Brett Veach has earned the benefit of the doubt. Questionable draft pick, trust it. I mean, it just worked out over the years, you know? And look, maybe Donovan Smith comes in, he stinks. But maybe he comes in and he bounces back, even if he's not a Pro Bowl player like he was a few years ago. Maybe he bounces back and he's a 14th best left tackle in football. If he's at with the rest of that line, you're you're golden. Yeah. So I I, I can't really have a problem with this. And look, I think too, let's be honest, they're gonna know in camp what they're looking at here. You know, I and for the amount that they invested in him, if it's really ugly, they'll pull the plug on it. Do you see a situation where if he was really bad that they just keep Taylor in place and move Joe Tooney over to the left side? I don't. I don't think they'll do that unless unless they absolutely unequivocally have to. I mean, I just Tooney's an all pro, first team all pro. You're not moving that guy out. And I gotta tell you, Mahomes is one of the rare quarterbacks. I don't want to say don't worry about your tackles, because you definitely worry about your tackles. As long as they're really good in the interior, he just evades pressure as well as anybody I've ever seen. Like yeah. I don't, I don't worry about it with him as much. I, I just feel like, look, if there's pressure, he'll move. The pressure that kills any good quarterback is right up the gut because you have you have to go back, and then then the edge rushers get involved, and the Chiefs have the best interior offensive line in football. So as long as he can step up and step out. Like, look, you don't want him to have to do that all the time, but I feel like if you're the Chiefs, if you put Tooney at left tackle, then you're okay, then it's like when Allegretti steps in. And okay, Allegretti's fine, but he's not Joe Tooney, and you're weakening multiple spots. Yeah. So I don't think they would do that. Yeah, it was a kind of a fascinating signing. Some folks were wondering whether or not the Chiefs had to deal with him before the draft and knew that they were going to sign him and were just waiting. Uh, have you heard anything like that? Have you gotten any intel on what their plan was? Or, you know, did they just want to wait and see how the draft went and they didn't get who they maybe who they wanted? And so they they made this move. I haven't asked a specific question to people I you know around that team, but I would say that I think it's fairly obvious to me that they went into the draft hoping to maybe get a tackle early. There was a huge run on tackles way before the Chiefs could have gotten one. And then I think it was all right, circle back and and you know, grab Donovan Smith. I think, you know, if they could have, sure, they could have gotten a, you know, maybe a first round tackle. I mean, Brett Beach is pretty open about the fact that after the draft, they tried to move up a bunch of times in the first round. They just couldn't do it. And you know what? It's hard. It's hard when you're as good as the Chiefs have been the last couple of years. Like teams don't want to help you. Teams are not you know, lining up to give you a deal. Like they just don't want to do it. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. Um so I think the Chiefs kind of felt like, all right, well, you know what? We're just going to allow this to, to go the way it goes, and we'll we'll take FAU 31st and then take a receiver in the second and Morris to develop in the third. So I, I think, yes, I think they kind of want to see how the draft played out, and then when it went the way it went, okay, fine. Now we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll double back, so to speak. Well, they've certainly got some depth now, and I think that that helps. And if they were right about uh, Mr. Morris here, um, they could be in really good shape, especially heading into next year. If they, if Morris ends up being their starting left tackle, 
Brett Veach is going to be adding to his resume, which is already looking quite stellar. Hey, everybody, uh, just real quick. Um, if you want to get swagged out, we got you covered. The Arrowhead Attic merch store is now live, and you can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description below. We've got everything from shirts to hoodies to beach towels, um, even a sweet pint glass. So uh, check it out. And uh, that's not all. Uh, we've got a special promo code for this week's listeners. Use the code CHOCULA to get 20% off your order. And make sure to use that fast because it will expire Sunday. So rep the podcast and save a bit of money. I was, I was wearing my Arrowhead Attic podcast hat in the pool in Cancun all week long. It was awesome. Use that code Chocula. We truly appreciate you. Before we get out of here, Vertoram, I started a new segment uh, a couple of weeks ago called Patty's Power Rankings. I'm just ranking different stuff at the end all of right. the show, having a little bit of fun. So this week, I'm going to rank the Chiefs Super Bowl wins. Uh, I'm going to lay mine out, and then I'd love to hear your ranking because I think they're, they're 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 all three of them are kind of interesting. They're very interesting games. So, um, what is the criteria for this? Like, is it like entertaining or like meaningful or what is the? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's up to the ranker. I went for 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 me a, a mixture of entertainment value and significance. Is okay. how I how okay. I decided. That's fine. Okay? I want to know where we're yeah. going here. Yeah. So number three. I'm going to go Chiefs 49ers. Um, that game, it was it was big time for me. It was the Chiefs' first Super Bowl in my in my lifetime. It was Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl. It was after it, it dissolved a long drought. But I put that last because it just frankly wasn't that enjoying, and it wasn't that it wasn't a great game for if you were a Chiefs fan. I was miserable the entire time. It looked like they were going to lose. It was the worst game Mahomes had played as a Chief. The ending was thrilling, but I put that number three uh, for, for, for that. Um, number two, I went Chiefs over Vikings for obvious reasons. Didn't get to, to watch that one myself uh, live, but uh, obviously the first championship in the history of the organization, incredibly significant, set the, set the stage for, for the years to come. And then number one, I'm going Chiefs over Eagles. I think that one had everything. It was a legacy cementer for Andy and for Mahomes. And for Kelsey, it was it, it took the Chiefs franchise, I think, to a new level of prestige. Obviously, it's prestigious for a number of reasons, being one of the founding members and Lamar and all that stuff. But I think getting this third Super Bowl really put them on a level from from a championship pedigree perspective of some of the best teams to ever do it. And then it was just a fantastic game. It was exciting. It was back and forth. And I also think for me. It was the hardest win for a Chiefs team in a Super Bowl. Like, I think that getting there was harder than any of the other Super Bowls that they played in. Uh, and and I think they played just a, a really premium opponent. With all due respect to that really good 49ers team, they didn't really have a quarterback. And so this one for me is is clear in, clear in a way the best one. But what do you think? Let's do the, the Vertoram power rankings. It's a really, really tough one. Um, you know, I love history. So I will say number one has to be Super Bowl four because it was their first. It was the last game ever between the AFL and the NFL. Michael McCambridge, who is a Chiefs fan, but also an award-winning author, one of the best authors I, I for my money in any genre. Um, he appeared on 
I believe it was Showtime put it on. It was Showtime. Put on a, a five-part series called Full Color Football, which if you've never seen it, it's on YouTube in its entirety. Watch it. It's incredible. And it's about the 10 years of the AFL. There's a line that he says, um, the AFL finally achieved the respect it always wanted at the moment it ceased to exist. And it's so true. Like, I think that win, people viewed the Jets beating the Colts the previous year as a fluke, an incredible fluke, but a fluke. The Chiefs annihilated Minnesota in that game. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that for me, that's that's got to be number one. Yeah. The other two, the two recent ones are really hard because the one, the, the first one broke a 50-year drought and it felt like it could never, ever happen. The second one, I agree with you, is harder. And I also think that the 2022 team was better than the 2019 team, which I don't know how people feel about that, but I think the 2022 team was better. I have to go with that game as number two. I think it was a much better football game. I think both. I think the Eagles were better than the Niners, and I think the Chiefs in 22 were better than the other Chiefs team. I also factor in Mahomes playing hurt. Um, so I I would go two and then and then Super Bowl fifty four I'd put third. But I will say this: Super Bowl fifty four for me personally will always mean the most. Yeah, sure. because that was like I never thought in my life I'd ever see that happen. Like I. I, I couldn't believe they were even there. And then, of course, you know, for me, I was fortunate enough I was covering the game. I never thought in a million years that team would ever win a Super Bowl. So for them to actually do it, I mean, I will never forget as long as I live, Damian Williams running into the night in the far corner from me. Yeah. And our social deme- uh, media director at the time, poor Ashley Young, who was sitting <laughs> next to me, I was so calm the whole time. And I, just, I remember I just grabbed her by the forearm oh my god they're gonna win like it was just couldn't believe it yeah so while that's the most meaningful if i had to rank them i I think i think 57 was harder i think they were a better team i think the eagles were a tougher opponent than the niners and i think the game was just phenomenal it was a great game and i know look a lot of people the bradbury penalty and i get it like it mars it for to a degree but it was a great football game yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd go four, fifty-seven, fifty-four. Solid list. I, I can't remember if I've asked you this before. In either of the two championships that the Chiefs won, did you think that they had the better roster? In the Mahomes, the Mahomes championship. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Um no and yes. <laughs> no, if you said to me, line up all 53 guys and just pick one by one, do you get 106? I would have picked more Eagles than I would have Chiefs, and I would have picked more Niners, I think, than I would have picked Chiefs. But if you said to me in both those games, who, which team do you want? I would have said the Chiefs, and not biasly, I would have said the Chiefs for one reason, Mahomes. Yeah. Like, it always cracks me up to get these lists, and God knows we'll get them again in, like, July from everybody where it's like – here are the top 10 rosters in the league, and the Chiefs are like ninth, and the Bengals will be like, you know, 10. Well, you know, yeah, they have these quarterbacks, but it's it's the end of it. Like, they have those quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, those guys are on the roster. 
Right. So for me, the Eagles had maybe a more complete team, but I always looked at it, and I, we, we talked about it at the time. I always felt like, yeah, that's fine. The Chiefs are going to score a million points because that's what they do. They have Mahomes, and if they can block, they're going to throw the ball over creation. And that's what they, that's what they did in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought the Eagles and Niners probably had more complete rosters, but I thought a lot of teams had – like, look, the, the Patriots played some really complete teams. And guess what? That's nice. They didn't have Tom Brady. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know, Peyton Manning played on some really incomplete Colts teams. They won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning. So, yeah, yeah, I think Mahomes makes up for just an ungodly amount of, of talent deficiencies. Well, before we get out of here, let me just toss you one more softball. How many Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes going to win? It's a softball. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, if you said to me you got to bet your mortgage uh, on on one number, you can't hedge. He's 27. He'll be 28 in September. Started five years. He's been to threes, one, two. Now that, you know, I mean, at some point, Kelsey won't be there. Reed won't be there. Let's say he plays, say he plays, I don't know, until he's 40, 13 more years. I don't know. I mean, I'll say he wins five. I'll say he wins five Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't, but like, I got to tell you, if he wins, and I'll leave it at this, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, if he gets a third one this year, which they're favored in every book in the in, in the country to win, he'll have three by the time he's 28. He'll have the back-to-back, just like Brady. He'll have three in a period of five years, having gone to four in five years. Like, then you like, – if they win this year, that's when I think you start talking about Brady. Like, can he catch him? Can he win four more of them? I'll say this. I'm saying five, but like, would I bet against the guy? No. Yeah. God. So I'll say five. Where, where do you stand on that? Where, what number would you take? Well, the reason I started thinking about this was I remember having the same discussion, you know, back when they won the first Super Bowl. And we were like, okay, like how many? And, and I feel like everybody, everybody, like the growing consensus back then seemed to be people would throw out three. Like they'd be like, yeah, because like they, they were all still like, it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. He's great. And three seemed reasonable for like what had happened. But now, after the success they've had since then, playing in two two more Super Bowls, all, always he's never not played in the AFC Championship game, which is preposterous, with the exception of his rookie year, I'm saying as a starter. Now it changes the calculus to where you look at five and you're like, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He's unlike anything we've ever seen. I think it's probably likely that he wins four. Four you know, more just, or four yeah, total? I, I think four total. Um, it seems like it seems kind of crazy to say that right now with the success that they've had, but you just, you know, how many people were sitting there probably saying, oh, Russell Wilson's going to win. I'm not saying he's going to be well, Russell Wilson, well, but. It's also funny though. Like if you say four, like total, four total, I feel like people are like, whoa, only four. And it's like, do you know how many people have won four Super Bowls as a starting quarterback? Like, that's unbelievable. I mean, Bradshaw yeah. did it with the Steelers, and, and like he was a great player, but he had, I mean, you could argue the best roster ever assembled around him. Yeah. Montana won four. And obviously, it, everybody's so screwed because Brady just happened and won seven. Yeah. 
Here are the full list of quarterbacks who have ever been starting quarterbacks to win three Super Bowls. The guys I just mentioned and Troy Aikman. That's the entire list. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes people are just like, well, yeah, of course you shouldn't win more. I mean, if if Mahomes never does anything else, he has won two Super Bowl MVPs, two league MVPs, and two Super Bowl championships. The only other players in NFL history to ever do that are Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Yeah. Mahomes is 27 years old. Yeah. Like, it's it, just, it's, but it's funny though. Like, if people, if you say four, people are almost like offended by it. They're like, right. four? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd sign for four. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you know, so no, I'm with I, you. I think next, I think this year is actually a huge year for the potential trajectory of, of Mahomes' career. I think. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think if they win the Super Bowl this year, I could see a situation where Andy Reid retires. Um, you know, it, it's, it's impossible. It's yeah, it's going to be hard to walk there. away. I don't think. You know? so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andy's looking at. By the way, there's not an out, there's not an outrageous argument that you have to make. Like you can make a pretty normal, reasonable argument. If Andy sticks around, he might be the winningest coach of all time at the end of his career. If he like, can. I mean, if you really look, and I don't want to get too off the rails, right? I know we got to go, but I mean, if you if you look at NFL all time coaching wins leaders, okay, um, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. So Belichick, of course, is going after that record right now, um, and and we'll probably get there. But if you look, and I'm not talking playoffs, just, just literally, just, just a regular season, okay? Shula is at three twenty eight. George Hallis is at 318. Belichick's at 298. Okay, so if Belichick, if he if he wins another, you know, I don't know how many games, you know, what, what, 30? So you have to get the 30 more wins. It's not going to be easy, 70, okay? Landry's at 250, and Andy's at 247. Andy's going to pass Landry by October, okay? Yeah. He's going to move in fourth all time. He's got to get to get to Shula. Let's say Shula remains the standard bearer. So to get to Shula, he's got to have, what is it, 53? He'd have to win 81 more games. I mean, with this team, 81 more games. How many years would that take him realistically? Six? Uh, let's see. What is the math on that? What would it be? Maybe it's maybe seven years. 81 to get to 81, he'd have to, if he played six, if he did six more seasons, he'd have to average 13 and a half wins. Okay. So, so he's got a, he's probably realistically, but you mean you throw playoff wins in there? Well, no, no playoff wins. Oh, it doesn't count playoff wins. So okay. let's say seven years. He, he's 60, what is he, 65 right now, Andy? So Andy Reid right now is 65, turns at 65 in March. Belichick's 70 right now. Okay, if Andy coaches seven more years and wins 11 and a half games a year, which, by the way, is what the over-under is at the moment, I should say Belichick turned 71 in April. Andy Reid, as long as he's got Mahomes and Mahomes is upright, like there's a damn good chance Andy Reid's the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. If you're Andy, where, like, what else are you doing? You know, I mean, honestly, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think seven years – is probably what he needs. You know, I think if if you if they win about 12 games, then he can do it. So seven more years. So 
you know, does he want to coach till he's 72? Well, and Stacey brings up the point about health. And to me, that's the whole thing. Yeah. If Andy's healthy enough to do it, I think he's just going to keep coaching the team. I mean, I, look, and I could be wrong. I don't know the man person. Maybe he just says, you know what, I'm good. I want to go, you know, I want to go hang out on a boat and go fishing. Okay, that's fine. Don't blame him. But yeah. if I'm Andy, man, like, and I'm ripping off Super Bowl wins. What else? I've waited my whole life to coach this team and that and that quarterback. I'm not going anywhere. Like yeah. I would. I mean, that again. That's easy for me to say. Okay, coaching is an incredibly hard job. It's demanding all of it. But let's face it. In Kansas City, Andy Reid's got a lifetime contract. They're not firing him any day soon. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes loves him to death. So it's not like they're going to run him out of there. Kelsey was just talking on his podcast a month or two ago. They want to play at least five more years. Now, I don't know if you can do it, but if you're the Chiefs and you're Andy, like if you're like, let's let's just say, let's say he coaches four more years and they win two more Super Bowls and you're 30 wins away from the all time record. At that point, aren't you just like, screw it? <laughs> like, I'll just. I'm just I'm in it to win it now, and you know let's go win 15 each in the next two years. I mean, who knows? It might be an 18 game schedule in a few years. Yeah, that would help. That would so help for sure. I, I, I get it. It's a year to year thing in a lot of ways. But I was at the Super Bowl, and somebody asked him at, right after the game, "You're gonna be back?" And he was like, "I don't know where all this stuff came from." He's like, "But uh, yeah, if they'll have me, I'm I'm ready to go." So I don't think he's gonna go anywhere for a while. Yeah, it's uh. I hope not, man, because they can do great, great things together. Um, yeah. But you have to wonder the whole Matt Nagy kind of coming back. And yeah, they're not, they're not getting rid of Andy Reid from Matt Nagy. Oh no, of course With not. With all due no. respect to Matt Nagy, <laughs> Matt Nagy will sit until he's ninety if yeah. uh, Andy wants that. I would if I was him. Um, yeah, it's absolutely incredible to think about. Do you think he ends up passing Belichick? I'll say no, only because I just – if you said to me, do you think he coaches seven years, I would say I, I don't think he would. If he coaches seven years, then yeah, I think he will. I think he will because I don't think Belichick's got too many wins left in him. My guess is Andy's going to coach like three more years. But again, if they keep winning Super Bowls, like yeah. I, I just think there's a world where Andy's like, you know what, the hell with it. What else am I doing? You know, his kids are older, out of the house. It's like – it's not like he's got – I mean, obviously, it's 65 years old. He's not got a bunch of 10-year-olds in the house. Like, if you're Andy Reid, you've – again, you've waited your whole life. It's like, like people are like, why is Belichick still coaching? Because what the hell else is he going to do? Right. You know, like right. he can fish in the offseason. You yeah. know, I, I think I think for a lot of these guys, it's just – that's their lives. Like, that's everything. You know, like I don't know – like I, I, think, I think if Andy retired – and then turned on a game in, in September and saw Mahomes throw five touchdown passes. I, I mean, he'd be happy for him, but I think he'd be like, geez, like, well, I can't believe I'm not on the sideline. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, again, I don't know the man personally, but that's just my feeling. Boy, I hope he sticks around. He is terrific. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, only 65, he's the same age as my old man. So um, it'll be easy one for me to remember. Um, yes. All right. Well, uh, Matt Vergram, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, it's great to have you back on the show. Um, thank you to Wanye Morris uh, and his representatives for, for you know, zooming in here on the, from the locker room. What a really cool uh, experience. And, and, and Vergram, before we go, 
you're going on a training camp tour, right? Is that what people should be looking out for from you over at so Sports Illustrated? I will be in Green Bay next week for three days. Um, I'll be up there uh, covering some stuff with the Packers. And then during training camp, uh, my bosses and I are still figuring out exactly what's happening. But uh, there are four of us at SI who cover the NFL full time. One of us, Gilberto Manzano, who you should follow and read, is one of the nicest guys you can meet. He's a hell of a writer. He's based out in L.A., and then Connor Orr and Albert Breer are based on the East Coast, and of course, I'm in the Midwest. So I think, I think the idea is going to be that we're going to we're going to you know crisscross the country and and try to try to hit all the camps. So um, obviously, should that happen, I mean Kansas City's in the Midwest. Um, I will be uh, racking up the mileage. So yeah. it's time for me to get a Marriott points reward system now. Yeah. Now the time's come. Yeah, and the so, frequent uh, flyer. Yeah, you know me and flying. If I don't have to fly, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I, I, people are like, "Oh, you're scared to fly." No, I actually, I actually enjoy. Like once I'm in the air, it's fine. I hate airports. Hate them. Hate them. We'll drive. Like I will tell you right now, if if this training camp tour goes, so I expect I will drive everywhere. There's not a chance in the world I'm flying any of these places. None. Yeah. Driving all of them. See you later. Yeah, it gives you the chance to load up on that barbecue sauce. Although you should check out the KC airport at least once. It's pretty uh, uh the pretty hell with that. I'm going to I'm going to Joe's <laughs> at the gas station. I'm yeah. just loading up on a pound of the burnt ends. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week with our regular slate of shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but for Matt Verter, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you guys next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.